Welcome to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you today. We're talking about leadership. Uh, what a big topic, huh, Greg? I know. This is a good one. I've been uh, looking forward to having this uh, conversation because you and I have both worked with so many different business owners. I mean, yeah. literally thousands. And <laughs> you know, in our experience, we deal with so many different types of leaders. You know, most of the time we're dealing with business owners. And I've just seen so many different styles and personalities. And yet, they're good. They're good at what they do. It's fascinating how yeah. they can accomplish it in different ways. I think a lot of that is about like understanding yourself, you know, like figuring out what you, how you are and then becoming a leader based on what you've figured out. Like the personality tests, I think are really good for leaders as well. Yeah. There's so many out there now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have those little letters. I forget what I am, but <laughs> there's so many different uh, personality tests out there now. And, that and it's take. funny because depending on when you take that test and what point of your life, it changes. Yeah. You know, I actually thought of that. Like, what am I post-pandemic? Oh. I mean, maybe I'm more of an introvert now. Maybe I'm more of an extrovert now. Who knows? You know, like maybe something's changed because of I'm no longer going into an office. I'm working from home. I'm, you know, values have changed in many ways. Interesting. Could be interesting. That would be. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not here to psychoanalyze me. That's a different show. I'm thinking about putting a whole podcast together just on that. <laughs> what do you think, Greg? We, we, <laughs> think I'd have enough material? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of material there. <laughs> <laughs> well, today, uh, man, we, we've got a guest. I, I actually had him on one of my other podcasts before. Fun guy. And he's got a, a great podcast. Uh, okay. Now, I messed this up. Uh, Alexis Monville. Right? Did I say that right this time? Yeah, that's absolutely perfect. I'm really impressed. Oh my god, I have been I've been practicing for six months. <laughs> that's why we didn't have you on the show earlier. So you you have a podcast. Tell, tell us a little about your podcast. Yeah, the, the podcast is about uh, leadership and emerging leadership. And uh, for me, uh, leadership is not a, a status. It's not a role. It's really a, a mindset, a, a kind of behavior. And yes, you can sum that up as a set of specific skills that you can learn. But first of all, it's really, really a mindset change. When you, you see people, you meet people that seems to be stuck somewhere. And they are waiting for something to happen to unstuck them. And maybe it will never happen. It's a little bit sad. Oh, let's, let's pick it on the bright side. But sometimes yeah, they go. pick up some <laughs> of those leadership skills and they unstuck themselves and they realize really the power they have and the influence they have. And when they start to realize that, they grow themselves into something bigger and they are, be they are able to accomplish bigger things. So I, my, my goal is really with that podcast, the podcast on the emerging leadership, is to help people who want to grow their leadership skills, of course, but also to help people around them grow their leadership skills so they can serve their cause. They can have a bigger impact. And I hope they will solve some of the humanity challenges that we have, like mm -hmm. climate mm -hmm. or other challenges that they can identify. But yeah, that's really one of my goals now. That's really cool, Alexis, because you said something that, you know, you're trying to help them help others become a good leader. And what, what I found is that the, the leaders that I respect in, in business really take that to heart. 
And I think that is one of those leadership skills that maybe a lot of people don't recognize that, is, you know, would, would help them in, in business. They think, oh, I just got to do my job. I got to just, you know, lead by example. <laughs> but they're not really helping others grow and become leaders in their own departments or whatever areas they're in. So I'd love for you to expand on that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I strongly believe that great leaders don't create followers. Great leaders create leaders. And that's where they really have an impact. Because, of course, usually you learn a few things along, your, along the way on your journey. Where, wherever you are on your journey, even if you are 25 or even if you are 15, you already learn a lot of things. You know some things that you can teach others. So I encourage you to be a mentor to other people. And if you are 65, you probably learned a few things along the way and you can still be a great mentor to other people. So what can you teach to others and what can you learn? And usually when I'm stuck somewhere, it's because I don't really know what, what I need to learn. So I need mm -hmm. to engage with other people to try to really understand what do I need to learn now? What, 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 is, what is out there? that I don't see because it's in, in my, one of my blind spots. And I don't know what it is. So I need that, that feedback and I need help from others. And that's where I think we, we can all learn from each other and we can all help people to grow. But really, I really strongly believe that great leaders create leaders. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And, you know, I, one of the things that I, I try to do in, in leading a team, you know, is like just to be a role model to be there and actually I'm doing the work just as they are, you know, and I'm trying to understand their role just as much as I'm trying to get them to understand my role. If you're not creating future leaders, you have no future of the company. Yeah. And yeah. you're right about the role model aspect of it. That's a lead by example is something really important. If you, if you are telling people, uh, do what I say, but not what I do, it doesn't sound good to me. So if, right. if you are telling them, yeah, of course, uh, you need to, you need to mop the floor after you, you put some dirt on it. Uh, and you are doing it because you put some dirt on it. And yeah, people know that mm -hmm. that's how it is. And if you, yeah, there's, a, there's a, one book that is uh, telling the story of the, the All Blacks, the, the rugby team from uh, New Zealand. Uh, the book is Legacy, Legacy I think. And it's, it's telling the story of that them that team that are world champions, that are already acclaimed champions all over the world, they end their match, they are going to the, the locker room, and of course there's dirt everywhere because they are coming from the field, they play it, they are all dirty, there are dirt everywhere. But what they are doing before the end, before leaving, it's wiping the floor, cleaning all the dirt, the players. The players, those great players that mm -hmm. are acclaimed, they are cleaning the locker room. And when they are leaving, it's clean. Because they don't believe that someone needs to clean up uh, their mess after them. And that's how they work. Different teams will work different ways. But I think it's very important that they are showing the way. And there's nobody telling them, do it. They are volunteering themselves to do it. Yeah. 
And it's true. You know, I've, I've played a lot of sports in, in my life. And, you know, usually you're hoping that your coach or your manager is a good leader. And I've played on enough teams where they all kind of have a little different way of getting what they're looking for out of the players. You know, some, some of them are very boisterous, right? They're really in your face and they're really pushing you hard. And then some coaches, you know, they, they kind of have a, a knack of knowing when you need a little kick in the butt and when you need to be hugged and coddled and, and you know, encouraged. <laughs> so like, how does, how does like a leader understand when to be hard and and when and which personalities maybe they need to be a little gentler with to get the best out of them yeah. hey, I, I think you're making really a very good point and uh, coaching in sport are really evolved in the past 50 years i think and you you use the, the image we have in in the mind of the coach that is yelling at people and telling them what to do or yelling at them when they are not doing good and so yeah uh, I think it's maybe a figure from the past. And we can see that there are, there are some coaches now, and for quite some time, that are really using positive reinforcement. And they are putting their players on the, um, when they are practicing, and they are putting them in situations where they can experience what good, what good is. And they are doing those movements for thousands of times. And from time to time, the coach is stepping in and saying, this is it. This is exactly it. You did it perfectly well. And they are using that positive reinforcement to get them to understand what are the really great moves. So they are not yelling at people to tell them how bad they are. And those people don't need a really to be pushed because they all want to be already great. They all want to, to win the game. They already have that in mind. Yeah. Uh, and they are using that positive reinforcement. And I think in business, we could use that too. That's already mm -hmm. telling people, yeah, I love what you did in that meeting. Or I love what you did in that interview with a candidate. Or I love what you did in that meeting with a customer. I really love when you are, I don't know, um, rephrasing what the customer uh, tells to, to, told us so uh, the customer already understand that you listened really well to what you said. Good. Uh, and you are, you are telling people, yeah, that's good. That's a good thing to do. Let's do it again. How do you think the mm -hmm. good leaders in business today are telling their employees when they're not doing it correctly and giving them constructive criticism in a, in a, in a like I said, in a constructive way, not in a damaging way. But yeah, I, I feel it's really hard to do. Um, because how do you know if the person is ready to receive that feedback? Even if you have the, the best intent, or even if you want really to, to help someone, how do you know it's the right time? So I think, yes, you can give constructive criticism to some people but you need to put them in a situation when they are the ones asking for something. And what I've, what I've observed is when you, when you agree with one, one person that, okay, they want to work on that particular thing. They want to develop themselves in that particular area. And you agree on that. And then you say, okay, so um, 
do you want me to help you with that? And do you want me to, to give you some feedback when I see you doing great things there or maybe need to improve? And they are saying, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then you have an agreement between the two of you and you say, okay, I will do it. I'm committed to help you, so I will do it. And then, yes, I think when you create those conditions, you can give feedback to people and you can be very direct. You don't need to dress mm -hmm. it up because you already have an agreement that yeah. Yeah, we are working together to help you improve on that particular area. Let's do it. That's a great strategy. That's that's what people need to be doing. And I think the positive, the positivity thing that you're talking about there, the other thing that that positivity does is it encourages creativity and you know contributions and it motivates the team because without that positive attitude, once you start going in of like, you know, in, in being negative, people don't want to be there. And, you know, these days it's, it's hard enough to keep people, let alone get people to contribute to the team and actually kind of go up and level up in their position so that they're contributing more and, you know, adding and, and, and making your company bigger and better. And we've seen that, like we've seen people get scared to contribute because, yeah. you know, they're getting negative reinforcement. They're being told that's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking? You know, that's awful. No, what you know, you're you're totally off base. When when people keep hearing that over and over again, they get scared to contribute at that point because they don't want to put themselves out there to get ridiculed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that's taking the opposite stance of okay, if I do all those things uh, that are really bad, I will I will shut down people, they will lose energy, they will not want to contribute. And yeah, they will, they will try to do something else. And they will realize themselves probably outside work. They will find side projects to work on or they will, they will do something else to find mm -hmm. their realization. So let's take the total opposite stance and help them realize when they are doing great. Because I guess if you hire those people in the first place, it's probably because they are good at something, right? Loving the conversation. Unfortunately, we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back and we'll continue our conversation. With pleasure. You know, a great way to promote your business is a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So you're listening to a podcast and we're telling you to make a podcast. How cool is that? Yeah. Well, okay. Where do we do it? We do it on Anchor. And why? Well, because they do all the work for you. They distribute the podcast. You can edit your podcast right on your phone or within your computer. Uh, everything you need for a podcast is right there in one place. Just go and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And we're back. Thank you for listening to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you. We have Alexis Monville. He hosts a podcast on emerging leadership. and. Uh, We've got a link to it in the description. Be sure to go check that out. We've been talking about leadership and what it takes to to be a good leader. It, it takes a lot. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, before we went to break, we were talking about kind of the, the type of leader that doesn't do it properly, that, that you know, kind of does it in a negative way and, and criticizes people when they're not ready to receive that information. And what I found, Alexis, and I'd love to get your feedback on this, is those types of personalities when they're leading, they typically don't take the other people, their, their team's emotions into uh, 
into consideration as they're leading, right? They're just kind of like, I want it this way, do it this way. It's my way or the highway. And they're not really considering how the other people are feeling about getting instruction like that. Yeah, you that's a that's a really tough one because if you if I if I need to reflect on myself, I am I'm sometimes not doing it. And I'm I could be very passionate about an idea and I want to get it done and I want to I I strongly believe that everybody thinks need to think the, the, the same way as I do. And uh, everybody should be excited about the idea and let's do it. And uh, I don't realize that maybe they are not ready. And that's even what we are doing to ourselves from time to time. Uh, maybe we don't acknowledge our emotion or our, our emotional state. And we try to push us a little bit more. And we, we, we know that we are a little bit down this morning, but we try to to put a put a big smile and to push us, to push ourselves. So we, we tend to try to disconnect ourselves with our emotions. So maybe if we can reconnect ourselves to our emotion and acknowledge our emotional state, it could help us acknowledge the others and recognize that they are also human beings like us that have their emotion and that they are they are going through a the flow of going to the positive and maybe going down a little bit from time to time. And that's okay. They are still great people. They are the same people, but yeah, maybe they need a little bit more time this morning and or maybe they need a little bit more time than yourself because they are not exactly on the same uh, side of those personality profiles, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and we, we, we mentioned that just before that, yeah, Sometimes you tilt in one direction and sometimes you tilt on another direction and that's okay. When a leader kind of sets that plan and just here's what we have to do, here's what we're going to do and here's how we're going to do it. I feel like, okay, that could be a win. That could be a good idea. But if you're not listening to that input, you're not taking in all the, the other bits of information because your team you hired them, like you said, for a reason, <laughs> you know, they know what they're talking about. They know what they're doing. It, it, it could make it where kind of that desired outcome that you want, you're, you might not get there. I mean, that could really be kind of a, a team killer, not a team creator, you know, with, by doing it that way. Yeah. I, I kind of think that, you know, the team's looking for the leader to set that goal, to have that vision, Right, right. They put that right. out there and then work with the team to get to that goal, not just tell the mm -hmm. team how to get to that goal. We'll go back to sports analogies, you know, in, in just coaching, uh, you know, like a little league baseball. Obviously, the, the goal is to win, but it's also the goal is to learn. The goal is to improve. The goal is to get better at all and play all the different positions and, and, and figure all that out. I feel like coaching Little League Baseball made me a better leader <laughs> because I thought about all I, of that. I, I really love the, the sport analogy. Um, I'm using it a lot because mm -hmm. it's, it's helpful. We've seen so many great teams doing a great job on the field. And I was, I was watching soccer. You know that football? Uh, it's called football in Europe. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, you you translated it for us. That's good. And that, was, that was really, really impressive. And you have, of course, all those teams that are playing in that final phase of the league are really mm -hmm. good. That's, you can expect they are really good. 
and you can see the difference between one game to the other and how they are playing. And sometimes they are playing amazingly well. And you can see that one, one, one team will score a goal and suddenly they are playing better. And they are playing better and better and better. And the other ones are, are all over the place. And they, they seem not to know how to play as a team. It's crazy right. because you know they are already good. So you can see what is going on in their heads and uh, on all this, those individuals. And you know they are already good. What I love with the sport analogy is the rules are fixed. You know the size of the field, all the rules are different. Right, right, they will not right. change. So all mm -hmm. they have to do is find ways to be better individual and better contributors in a team to collaborate, to really form a team to win against their opponents. And their opponents are doing, of course, the same thing. Now, imagine in business, what we are doing, usually, the rules are not fixed. The field, the size of the field, the market, all those things are moving. They are moving much more fluidly than in sports. So all right. those aspects of being a great individual and being a great team player are even more important than in sport. And how, how many times do we practice in business? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <True>. Right. <laughs> a really good point. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, kind of when we were starting the interview, that your goal is to really help people that get stuck. And they don't, you know, they, they need to kind of get out of what they're, they're stuck in. How does somebody identify, you know, what they're stuck in and how to improve? Because as I took it, when you said it earlier, it's not necessarily learning more technology necessarily to get out of what you're doing, but it's learning more about yourself as a person, mm -hmm. as a leader, and maybe, you know, how they're dealing with it and relating to the, the, the team and their company. Uh, so, you know, tell me a little bit about how does somebody identify what areas they need to improve in and, and how do they self-evaluate? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very good point. And it's coming back with that self-awareness piece that we mentioned just at the beginning and also connect with emotions. Uh, when you are stuck, uh, you don't necessarily realize that you are stuck, but there's some emotion that you may uh, feel that will tell you something. Uh, for me, for example, I'm, I'm sometimes a little bit impatient. Uh, so the, the big emotion that I, will, I, can, I can experience will be anger. And so usually what I will really feel, because I can control myself, I'm, a, I'm an adult now. Uh, I, I'm not a two-year-old, so I will not shout <laughs> to people all the time. But maybe what I will feel is a lot of frustration. That's anger, but that's anger that is really well maintained inside myself. When I feel that way, I know that something is off. What is going on? What do I need? What is missing for me? I can see that there's something I can feel in reality, <laughs> that there's something that is not going well. So if I, if I take the time to, to try to realize that, what is causing that level of frustration? Uh, what I'm not able to do, what I would want to be different. And usually I, I realize that, yeah, okay, that's how I see the world, that's how I see the things should, do, should work. 
And I, I, I really strongly believe that it's my work to do that, and I'm not able to do it. Why that? What is missing? What should I learn to be able to influence that or to act on that? And that's where I can work on myself. Usually, to be honest, yeah, uh, from time to time, I'm able to do it by myself. Uh, it's much more efficient if I'm able to talk to someone else to tell them my story, to tell them well, <laughs> where I am. And they're asking me a few question, and I say, oh, yeah, I know. I don't need you. I know now. <laughs> but I need <laughs> that conversation to realize that, oh, okay, yeah. okay, I'm doing it again. <laughs> well, I, I think their first step is they need to start listening to your podcast. On leadership. <laughs> <laughs> That's <the> first <laughs> I like that. Uh, you, you know, um, and that's that's interesting. Like, I like the the whole looking in on yourself because, yeah, I mean, you can't change other people. You know, you you can only change yourself. I I have been streaming. I don't know if you guys watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Larry David just yelling at somebody i don't know two to three times per episode like just getting and just totally can't control his anger you know and it's like now if i get like upset about something i actually go to that i'm like okay i don't want to be larry david (laughs) (laughs) and so he's kind of my uh my negative role model i guess on uh on on how i uh (laughs) so I, i don't go that route um, but that's the thing. It's like it, it's getting to know your team as well. I mean, that's that's part of it, right? Getting to know like because you can change your own self. You can change your own attitude. You can change the way you react to things. Mm-hmm. But it's also getting to know your team and and figuring out like I guess if we go back to the personality types, their personality types. Because if you're more, you know, of like we've, we've talked about personality types on the show. If you're more of a driver and you've got somebody else on your team that's also a driver, you guys might butt heads a little bit. With two people that have the same, let's say, personality profile or tilting at that moment in the same direction because we all change and circumstances will make us change a little bit. Okay, yeah. If we have the same personality profile, yes, maybe we will clash from time to time, but our way of communicating is similar. For me, really impact, I'm interested in results i'm interested in ideas and if i tell people yeah let's do that and i just need the destination i know that some people on my team will totally freak out because that's Mm -hmm. not the destination is not what they need they need to know what is step one but step Mm -hmm. one is not enough because it's not detailed enough Step one is still too crazy. So if I tell them, yeah, you know, we are going there and there's 10 steps. It's one, two, three, four, five. I will never do one, two, three, four, five. That's too painful for me. We'll say, go there. One is still too big. They need one A, one B, one C. And then Mm -hmm. maybe we get to two and they need that detailed level. And that detail level annoyed me a lot and I don't want to do it. I don't want to work on it, but to be honest, if I want to get to the results, I need people that are doing exactly that. So if I still want to communicate at my level with everybody, I'm missing totally the point because I'm giving mm-hmm. them the destination and I'm, I'm just create, 
creating a lot of anxiety uh, among other people that will need that detailed plan and need to be reassured that we will go in a direction in a safe way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I probably need to change my communication to adopt to adapt to what other people need to hear and make it a two-way conversation will help because then we can define that field together and agree on something together and consider all the aspects of that. When I hear you tell that story, Alexis, I think of back in the 60s when we said, we're going to the moon. <laughs> There's your goal. We're going to the moon. <laughs> you know, but I'm not going to give you the steps yeah. to get to the moon. Just get us to the moon. Well, you got to take all these different steps in all these different areas. Otherwise, there's no way you're going to reach this end goal. And uh, I just love the way you broke it out because when I'm thinking of it, if they did, that's exactly what NASA did. They had to build those those 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D, you know, almost infinite number of steps before they could accomplish <laughs> that goal that yeah. nobody thought was possible before then. Yeah, exactly. And we need people that have that vision And that commitment, they will say, okay, we are going to the moon in that decade. That's 10 years. That's, and that took yeah. 10 years, by the way. That's a, by the end of the decade. It's, it took really 10 years. Yeah. And that's, yeah, you need that vision. You need that commitment. You need the money that is going with the commitment. Right. That can mobilize people that say, okay, that's where we are going. Um, let's think about what we need. And they invented a lot of things to be able to, to go to that, that point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. the other thing that, that they had there in the 60s was the competition. <laughs> you know, like it was the space race and it was like, hey, we need to beat these other guys. And it, it's like, if perhaps the, you know, the Soviet Union wouldn't have got somebody into space first, maybe we wouldn't have pushed as hard. Maybe I think that kind of rallied the team as well. So I think that that you know, like that that kind of motivation of either understanding the competition or getting everybody behind the goal, because you know it's not just about getting to the moon; it's also about beating the Soviet Union. Yeah, and absolutely, there, there's something about that 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 comfort zone when we are all comfortable and we don't need to move anywhere. And in right. uh, in 1997, Toyota put the first Prius on the road, the first hybrid car. And that was uh, a gas engine and uh, electricity, mm-hmm. and electric motors and batteries. And they said at that time, okay, that's how we are solving the issue. But in the future, when we will be able to do it, we will not use a gas engine. We will use a hydro- hydrogen-powered uh, uh, engine to, uh, to um, uh, recharge the batteries. And that's the, the, the future, but we don't know how to do it yet. So we are experimenting with that first so that we can learn everything else. That was in 1997, but nobody cared. Yeah. All people continue to, to do gas engines all the way. So now they have uh, hydrogen uh, cars with The same kind of techno- hybrid technology with electric motors and batteries and hydrogen uh, fuel cell. That's that's working. That's on the road right now. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, people started to care about hybrid cars uh, a few years back. Why? Because there was someone that said, yeah, we can have luxury uh, electric cars, and that's really cool. And Tesla took over the market of the high-end uh, luxury sedan. And at some point, they were selling 90% of that segment. And Mercedes, uh, Audi, BMW, all those guys <laughs> suddenly sold nothing on that segment. And they realized mm -hmm. that maybe they need to do something. And now we have electric cars. So you're right. If there was not someone rotating around the earth, first human... <laughs> sent by yeah. the Soviet Union, maybe nobody would have cared of, of that, that race to the moon. Um, yeah. And, and that's, that's where it's, it's a little bit weird that we need some kind of competition or some kind of emulation, some kind of stimulation from the outside to do things, to, to get out of our comfort zone. And I think it's true for individuals, it's true for companies, it's true for countries, it's maybe true for the whole world. At some point, we need to realize that yeah, our way of doing things right now is not necessarily the right way. And yeah, maybe the climate is telling us that, that we need to change our behavior. We need to change mm -hmm. what we eat yeah. because that's big. That's really the major things about the climate. It's what we eat, what we put in our plates. And at some point we need to realize that. Yeah, and I think it took you know, strong leaders to let us know that this is really important and this is something we need to focus on. And like you said, in the beginning, nobody cared about, you know, the the, the, the Prius, right? And, and the uh, hydrogen car, nobody cared. But then strong leadership put the information out there and said, this is important to our environment, not just, you know, in America or, or whatever country, but globally, this is an important topic. And it took those strong leaders to point out that this is a goal. And I think in business, the good leaders not only have the vision, but explain to people why it's so important. And whether yeah. it's competition or just advancement within, you know, one department within your within your organization, good leaders can explain the reason why it's important and get people to buy into that. So they're all working in one direction. Yeah. And I think when we mm -hmm. we if you want to win the game, you need that competition. If you want to change the game, you need that collaboration and creativity between diverse people. And we are not playing a game with fixed rules. We need to change the game. So that's where collaboration and creativity of a diverse set of people is really important. So you uh, have had a, a diverse uh, section of people on your podcast. What is the like biggest lesson or lessons that you've learned by hosting your podcast and talking to all these different guests about leadership? It's really how those people are constantly learning from others. They are dedicated to improve themselves and they are learning from others. Yeah, maybe in books, maybe in podcasts, maybe in talking to other people and they are seeking different perspectives. They are not seeking to talk to people that are the same as them. They are mm -hmm. seeking different perspectives. And that's where they learn. And they try to confirm or infirm what they think. They try to identify when they need to change their way of thinking. And one question I ask so, to some of them is, uh, 
what have you changed your mind about recently? And it's always interesting because usually they have an answer mm. to that. And it's not, it's not an easy question. It's something you identify that you were thinking in a way, and now you think in a different way. I really like that question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to ask myself that. Know, we're going to use that one. <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm, I'm stealing that one from you, Alexis. Sorry. <laughs> I like that too much. <laughs> That's great. Well, okay, so you, you host, uh, as I mentioned earlier, a podcast on emerging leadership. We're going to put a link to it in the description. And I, I, I strongly suggest uh, if you're listening to this podcast, it aligns perfectly. So be sure to go uh, check out his podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. I've, bec I've become a better leader by talking to you and learning today. <laughs> and uh, thank you for listening to DIY for Business. We love doing this show. Uh, we learn so much and I hope you do as well. All the information that we give you is, you know, it's advice. It's basically what we would do. It's what we think will work. And we do hope that it does work for you because our goal is to help improve and grow your business. We thank you for listening. We thank you for subscribing and we will talk to you next time.